How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good afternoon. Welcome into The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. I am John Kurtz, and uh, I tell you what, look, the Chiefs are a bit of a drag right now. I don't think I need to tell anybody that. It's been rough. It's a college football town. It's turning back into a college football town. Forget the Chiefs. Forget the NFL. Let's take your mind off of that for a little while. We're going to talk some college football here because K-State, local team, just a couple hours away, they won the granddaddy of them all last night. I mean, this is this is why you play the game. You play the game to get to the Pop-Tarts Bowl, and K-State won the Pop-Tarts Bowl and ate an edible Pop-Tart last night. And that is going to launch a college football playoff campaign into next season. And we're going to talk about that. College football playoff. Dennis Dodd will join us here within the next couple of hours. You'll have plenty of Chiefs talk starting at 4 o'clock as well with uh, Pete Sweeney and Nate Taylor. But, uh, Rob, before we get going, I understand. And, by the way, John Kurtz here. I host the Three Ma podcast on KCSN. Uh, so, please go check that out if you are so inclined. If you're a K-State fan, did 10 years of radio in Manhattan. I showed up, of course, wearing my, my K-State gear here today. I'm sure Rob and I will go at it a little bit. But, Rob, I understand you have to do the honors uh, before I get rolling here. Pizza time on the drive, buddy. Dial me up right now. Caller number 6, 913 They win a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York-style pizza, and they've taken over Kansas City. They got a new spot in Waldo that is open for business, along with spots in OP. That's my home, Pizza Tasio. Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe, and Lawrence. So, Kurt's really looking for maybe some slices. We're in the move for a whole pie. Be sure to visit them now at Pizza pizzatasio.com that's pizza t-a-s-c-i-o.com kind of more of a a whole pie guy myself i think right now i could use one of those as soon as we get off here um look pop tarts is what's been on the mind though because i mean jokes aside and i want to talk about the game and the marketing job that they did with that game because it was phenomenal but jokes aside i think k-state last night did enough to make you feel like they're going to be in the conversation for the big 12 championship next year which of course with a 12 team playoff and an automatic bid, in essence, for the Big 12 champion next year, that is going to put you in the college football playoff discussion. And frankly, we're in kind of a renaissance sort of period here locally where K-State, KU, and Mizzou all should be in that conversation next year. Based on everything that's happening with those squads, I think they have all earned that. And Dennis Dodd, when he joins us coming up here in just about 15 minutes, is going to reiterate some of that. But for K-State, the objective numero uno last night was going to be showcase Avery Johnson and make sure that he is happy because there is still, and I, 
I hesitate to say this. There is still a portal window open until January 2nd. We know this is the college football world that you live in. And if you paid any attention to K-State football at all, you know that Avery Johnson is the future. He is a potential transcendent talent at quarterback, arguably the most important recruit in school history, highest rated recruit that K-State has had since Josh Freeman. And he got to make his first start at quarterback last night. And he winds up being the bowl game MVP. That was objective number one. Not only showcase what he can do, but with a new offensive coordinator on a trial basis in Connor Riley, who got the trial run at OC in the game, it was going to be let him throw the ball. Don't increase frustrations about him being used like a running back, which is what happened a lot of the year with Colin Klein as the offensive coordinator. And inject some life into what you have coming back next year. Also, possibly put some tape out there to pull in a couple of transfer portal wide receivers, which I think they will definitely need. So you wanted to see that, and you wanted to see, obviously, coupled with that, Connor Riley have some success as the offensive coordinator. I think they did that against the top 20 defense. Put up 28 points. Didn't totally light the world on fire, but that's pretty good. Passing grade. If you're going by points per drive, which is how I would prefer to do it, in college football these days, it was the second-best offensive output that anybody's had against NC State this year. Again, a top-20 defense. That's what they do. NC State is basically the Iowa of the ACC. They win with a running quarterback who uses himself like a battering ram. Speaking of, Colin Klein elicits some comparisons there, and they do it with defense. In case they controlled the game, scored 28 points, they were the better team throughout the entirety of the night. If we're talking about Avery himself, he gave you the flashes, man. He gave you the splash plays. He had the the touchdown run early in the game, 19-yard touchdown run. He's on the move, gets out of the pocket, deeks somebody with a pump fake down the field, scampers into the end zone, looked very much like he did when he scored five TDs on the ground against Texas Tech earlier this year. But everybody wanted to know, like, can he actually throw the ball? I, I can hear the detractors now. I see plenty of them on goodoldtwitter.com. Can he throw the ball? It's not perfect, but he wound up throwing a beautiful touchdown to seal the game on a huge drive after two touchdowns had been called back. Gritty 15-play drive. He caps it with a gorgeous throw in the end zone on a fade to Jace Brown, who, by the way, is a true freshman that will be coming back next year at receiver. Avery Johnson showed you what you needed to see about the potential that is going to be there in his arm. And it was was drawn a lot of praise. I mean, I saw plenty of national folks tweeting about it, including Dennis Dodd, who, again, We'll join the show here in just about 10 minutes. Beyond that, he was just really, really poised. Avery Johnson, very poised. He he did not throw the ball into coverage. NC State was second in the country in turnovers forced as a defense. They didn't force one last night. Johnson himself didn't force one. Very patient. So to go along with the tantalizing skill, man, he's got a lot of moxie, and he's got a good head on his shoulders, especially for where he's at as a true freshman. Again, might I remind you, a true freshman. And he didn't do it alone. That's the other thing that's exciting about this offense. There's a lot of talk this week, and rightfully so, about Devin Neal coming back at Kansas. Devin Neal's a phenomenal running back, but DJ Giddens is pretty darn close to Devin Neal as a back. He had more yards from scrimmage this year. He's utilized a lot in the passing game. More yards from scrimmage, 1,500-plus yards from scrimmage this year. And last night, DJ Giddens goes 29 touches, 188 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to get overshadowed because of who came before him. Deuce Vaughn. He is not Deuce Vaughn. He's pretty good. And if you start looking at the numbers, it's not that different. I don't think he completely dictates an opponent's game plan the way that a Deuce Vaughn would, but he is pretty 
good. He's also going to get overshadowed because the Doak Walker Award winners in the conference and Ollie Gordon at Oklahoma State, he's returning. Devin Neal, I mentioned him. Fabulous back. He's returning. Taj Brooks at Texas Tech, another incredible back. He's going to be back. P.J. Harvey, Abu Sama, I can go down the line. I, I, I challenge you to find a conference that's going to have better running backs next year than the Big 12. So D.J. Giddens will get overshadowed, and that's fine. He's got the Kawhi Leonard personality anyway to go along with it. But he's a stud. Make no mistake, he's a stud. They got Jace Brown to flash at receiver, as I mentioned earlier. True freshman, he'll be back. And my assumption here is that Connor Riley will get the full-time offensive coordinator job. He's been with Chris Kleiman since their days at North Dakota State when Kleiman was first hired as the NDSU coach there. They've been rocking together a long time. It's not the most inspiring hire, but it's very much in line with what I would expect probably from Chris Kleiman here. So I assume he's going to get the job, and I wanted to be given some confidence in what he would be able to do. And they let him have the trial period here to, to run the offense for the bowl game. I already mentioned statistically the results there, but just watching it, thought it was fine. Pretty solid. Rough third quarter. Rough third quarter where NC State got back into the game. Fake punt definitely helped him out there. But I thought he did, you know, my, my words were going to be like he didn't crash the Ferrari. It's more like he didn't crash the 20, we'll call it like a 2022 Camry. You know, 2022 Camry. And K-State's offense statistically was pretty good this year. But I feel like the the job that they did, what the offense looked like yesterday, was kind of like a solid 2022 Camry with some upside there with what Avery Johnson has to bring to the table. When you combine that with a defense, I mean, I'm, defense was fine. They're pretty good. They always find a way. They bring in transfers in the secondary. It typically works out. I think they've upgraded on the defensive line from some of the transfers that they had. I'm not too worried about the defense. So if they can hit the portal, find a receiver or two, no reason case they won't be in this discussion next year to get to the college football playoff, win the Big 12 championship. And it's going to be a crowded group. I, I will not deny that. It is going to be a really crowded group, but they they should absolutely be in that discussion. And last night was really confirmation of that. And by the way, maybe I should have spent more time on this, but one of the most impressive parts of it is they did this with all this tumult in the program. Now, two-thirds of the guys that left the portal are guys that they were they were pushing out, essentially. But they they had some portal hits. They didn't have their top two targets on the offense playing in Ben Sinnott and Phillip Brooks. And oh, by the way, Colin Klein left as the offensive coordinator and everybody thought that was going to make things come crumbling down, myself included. It didn't. They've shorted up. Chris Kleiman's a great coach. He's got a great culture in K-State, I think, proved that. How they handled the last month, capped by last night, winning a bowl game and winning a ninth game, which, by the way, is the 16th nine-win season for K-State in the last 30 years. That is the same as Texas. So I'm feeling pretty good today about the Cats. If you're a Kansas fan, you should be feeling pretty good about the Jayhawks. And if you're a Mizzou fan, you certainly should be feeling pretty good about the Tigers as they head into a huge game tonight. We're going to hear a little bit more on that from Dennis Dodd, what he thinks of the Big 12. He is, from CBS Sports, very high on the Big 12 and even thinks the Big 12 could be a player to get Florida State. More on that coming up here on The Drive. You're listening to The Drive. Catch insider Nate Taylor with Cody and Gold every Tuesday at 1 o'clock on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during during peak hours. Okay. Stop the wise and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. John Kurtz with you back on 610 Sports Radio. It is The Drive. John Kurtz, Rob Brenton here with you. We are talking plenty of college football today. K-State wins the Pop-Tarts Bowl. I think K-State, KU, and Mizzou all very much in the conversation next year for the new 12-team college football playoff. Let's see how Dennis Dodd is feeling about that. Uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports. Great insight. I know he'll be covering the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan coming up as we have the college football playoff, of course, right around the corner as well. So I appreciate the time in in joining us here, Dennis. But look, forget the playoff. Forget the Chiefs. All anybody is talking about around here and across the world is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It has taken the internet by storm, the mascot, everything about it. Are you uh, drinking the Pop-Tarts Bowl Kool-Aid the way that uh, I and all of America and the world seems to be? I, I get myself in trouble talking about food-related bowl sponsors, so I'll 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 pass. I was a big Pop Tart <laughs> fan when I was seven. How about that? <laughs> okay, hey, that works. That's that's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Pop Tarts Bowl will take that. Well, look, K State got to debut Avery Johnson. Uh, Kansas obviously had a nice bowl win earlier this week, and they get the news that Devin Neal is coming back. How do you feel like they figure into the the Big Twelve title race next year? That obviously, I mean, I think there's probably six or seven teams you could talk about there, but Arizona may be leading the charge after what they did last night too. How do you see that shaping up? Yeah, watching those games the last couple of days, that was my big takeaway. Somebody's going to win the Big Twelve next year, and it's not clear who, but it's going to be fun as hell because uh, whoever wins it is going to be in the twelve team playoff perhaps for the first time, and Kansas can legitimately, you know, K-State has won the Big 12. Kansas can legitimately think about going and playing for the national championship based on the, you know, the the good feelings from the bowl game, winning the bowl game, Devin Neer, uh, they get their quarterbacks back. Um, In in Arizona, uh, nobody's talking about Utah, who's yet to play. Oh, no, they did play. They, They lost to Northwestern but is probably the most physical of the new bunch. And I think it's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be the most entertaining conference in the country 
next year. We pretty much know what the Big Ten is, even with the new team, SEC as well. But what about the Big 12? I mean, any of those teams I mentioned could be in the playoffs. Well, I like that as a Big 12 fan. I mean, it seems like you're pretty – are you bullish then on the future of the Big 12 in general or just for next year? Uh, Well, I don't know if I'm bullish on anybody in the future except the SEC and the the Big 10. Um, But but next year, look, uh, Brett Yormark has done his job. He's reconfigured this conference. He's got the best of what's left. There's still – whatever happens with Florida State, I think the Big 12 may be a player. I'm not sure, but he's going to make sure they are um, if they end up getting ex- extricating themselves from the ACC. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, the, the third best conference or the fourth best conference. But guess what? Before any of this started, the Big 12 was always the third best conference, the fourth best conference. Um, and there's no competitor now with uh, for that from the Pac-12 since they're gone. But, no, I, I love what's happened. I'm really looking forward to it. Dennis Don from CBS Sports talking with me. On the Florida State point, you know, I'd heard that, and, and I know it's been out there from a couple places, like, hey, maybe that is like a last-ditch option for them. I don't, Would Florida State really do all of this just to, to wind up in the Big 12? And how much, how much more money would they potentially be making in the Big 12 than what they're getting in the ACC right now if they were to come? Well, this is so complicated and so tangled. I mean – this lawsuit that was filed by Florida State last week against its own conference, the ACC, um, I, at the time I wrote, well, this is just a matter of time. The ACC is going to crumble, and Florida State will find itself at least a free agent. You know, they are not worth the pro rata that is being paid in the Big Ten or the SEC. That doesn't mean they wouldn't go there. Uh, I, I, I think it would be a bidding war, frankly, if – if the SEC showed interest in the Big and the Big Ten, man, we can get a we can get a foothold in Florida with this, um, and, and they would go for less than the teams are making those conferences now. Look at the extremes that the Stanford, Cal, and SMU went to just to be able to say they're playing major college football still. So I think it will come about. I don't know if it will come about in the next ten years. Um, <laughs> the thing I wrote was like uh, I'm kind of settling on 2030. Uh, this will end at the point that the ACC and the FSU are tired of spending money uh, in court, and it's more fiscally responsible to settle. I don't think it's going to be settled anytime soon. I think the ACC has resigned to the fact that they're going to have a really mad member. Uh, it's upset in their league. So what? You know, now we'll decide things in court. But, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think the I think the Big Twelve is a player. Um, look, who's going to decide this? is the networks and i don't think the sec or fox are in a mood to be writing more checks to uh, the big 10 or the sec uh you know or, or overseeing the dissolution of the acc if that happens because if it works for florida state and i know i'm rambling here uh it's a blueprint for north carolina for clemson for virginia to do some of the same thing no i love it i mean i could talk realignment all day with you dennis i, I appreciate it dennis dodd with me here from CBS Sports, um, Bama, Michigan, Texas, Washington, and the college football playoff. A, a question I'm sure you've never been asked, but on the heels of the Florida State <laughs> talk just a moment ago, I, did we get the right four teams here? Like, should Florida State be playing in this thing instead of Bama, which obviously I think that anger has expedited this process of them filing what they did against the ACC? Yeah, they absolutely should. I, I, I've spoken on it 
I've written on it. I call this an abomination. At some point, uh, the narrative got into the heads of the selection committee where the ACC was suddenly uh, the Metro Athletic Conference and Florida State became North Alabama. They won a Power Five conference undefeated. Uh, I, I said at the time, I think it's an accomplishment they won their last two games with a backup and third string quarterback. Um, their defense is playing as well as anyone in the country now. It was a recency bias in branding of Alabama. Guess what? Guess who else won a game with their third string quarterback and looked terrible doing it and still won by double digits um, on the road, as a matter of fact? Alabama. How about that? Yeah. Well, that, that, that's a credit to them somehow. But because it happened in the last game to Florida State, that kept them out. And that, then you have a, uh, a selection committee participant who I interviewed saying we didn't put Florida State in because we didn't think they could win the national championship. Well, that's not, that's not one of their protocols. That's not one of the bullet points. You're supposed to put in the four, you know, the four best or four most deserving, whatever you want to call it, teams in. I don't know about you, but I was always taught that if you win a major conference and go undefeated, you're in. Uh, the math doesn't work. There are right now five power five conferences in four spots, but you put a team that lost a game and, you know, ahead of them. I know Alabama beat Georgia and won the SEC, but you can't just pretend like the Texas game didn't happen. You can't pretend the USF game didn't happen. You can't pretend that Alabama's not damn lucky after the Auburn game. Um, for one team, for one team, it's overcoming adversity. For another team, oh, they got no shot. They look terrible. That's not fair. Well, couldn't agree more. And I, that's what I'm about to say here. The the Alabama Michigan game to me is kind of the eye roll game. I mean, it's like, look, we've had the Michigan storyline all year. People get tired of the the Spygate sort of thing going on with Michigan, and Alabama has been tired enough to keep guys yeah. from from looking at the iPads with it. But you know, Bama, they're Bama. And they got the bump over Florida State. They're also very flawed. They've struggled to close out teams like USF and, and obviously Auburn. Let me ask you this. Wh- which team is more flawed when they have both of those things kind of hanging over them? Which of these teams do you think is more flawed heading into the game? Uh, the four the four of the two here in L.A. The two. Let's go Alabama-Michigan. Which of those two has a bigger flaw? The most flawed? Um, gosh, uh, I'll, I'll look at it another way. Okay. I, I, think we, I think we know what Michigan is. We know exactly what they're going to do. We know if they win, how they're going to win. I've kind of put it big picture this way. The three other teams that could play for it or or could win it, they're still ascending. We don't know who they are. Um, Alabama is the best coaching job Nick Saban has done. Um, So I I don't don't know if the word is flawed, but Michigan's kind of caught in the middle. If they win this thing, it, it may be the best Michigan team of all time. If they don't, they're going to be not ready for primetime players. They can't win the big one. They've only won three national championships, and now they've been three years in a row and couldn't get in, couldn't get there. So it's kind of a drama there. So I don't know. I mean, I think Michigan right now has to prove that when it plays outside the Big Ten, which it dominates, it could be a national contender. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a national power. Can it be a national contender? So I guess I guess I would say Michigan. If that's it's flawed, that's an interesting word uh, right now. Flawed. Everybody's flawed. I I think Michigan has the most to lose. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, on the other side, you've got Sark at, at Texas. Obviously, he's done a great job, and Kalen DeBoer at Washington, phenomenal coaching job this year too. 
I want to ask about Texas first because I'm closer to Texas having watched them in the Big 12. And I, the thing that's been amazing to me that Sark has clearly done, outside of just putting together a talented team, which has been done many times before at Texas, he seemingly has changed the culture. You know, I mean, it's always felt like this country club kind of program, but that that's not the yep. case. And how, how has he done it? How has Sark been able to do that in a relatively short period of time? Well, Texas got the best name on the board when they hired him a couple of years ago as a play caller at Alabama. They got an experienced head coach who's been at Washington and USC. And for whatever reason, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, he weaponized what Texas has always been, that sleeping giant um, since 2009, that quality players should gravitate there. They should be coached up. They should get better. And that was the thing. You mentioned the country club aspect. There's that. And, you know, did they always get better? Individually, some of them did, but not as a team. This team is still ascending. That's what I was talking about with Michigan and the other three. The other three are still ascending, and Texas is that team. If they win this, they truly are that. Um, if they don't, they're going into the best conference in the country and, and competing at that level, and they look well prepared for that. Uh, they lost their best running back, Jonathan Brooks. They filled in with C.J. Baxter and a couple of other um, youngsters with him. That with Xavier Worthy and, and Adande uh, Mitchell, they've got one of the best receiving rooms in the country. I think a big key is two things. Quinn Ewers is now fulfilling his uh, his promise. I think he's playing better than he than he has three years in. Um, and they've got uh, two of the best tackles, defensive tackles in the country: Byron Murphy the second and uh, Tavondre Sweat. We're going to be pros, and that's huge. It's not sexy, but it's huge defensively against a team like uh, like Washington. So, no, I, I think Texas is right on that edge uh, to fulfilling their destiny, um, and, and this is what they wanted out of Sark, and he's done it so far. Look, I love Washington. The story is great. Penix is awesome. Uh, I think they're a very, very likable team. I, I also I can't shake, you know, seeing some of the – the close calls that they had throughout the year too. And they, they feel to me like perhaps slightly, but the weakest of the four here. Is that, is that a fair assessment of Washington? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that being said, again, I think you can make a compelling case for them being the number one seed. They were the, the number two seed unbeaten. And what a lot of people think was the best conference in the country this, this season, the Pac 12, even, even though it's going away. Um, the thing with them is that, they are one-sided, at least on paper. They have the number 93 defense in the country. That might that, – if they win a game, that would easily be the worst defense ever to play for a championship in the BCS era since 98. Um, and it may be the, the worst ever to play for it uh, in the CFP and BCS to begin with. Uh, you know, so it looks like it's going to be a shootout. Uh, it looks like Michael Penix has a chance to prove he's the best player in the country if they win it. Um, but I, I think your assertion is right. That, that goes along with the, the fact that these four, these two games are easily the two best in CFP history 10 years in because we're, aren't we used to these blowouts in the semifinals? Yeah. We may have those, but the storylines that we've been talking about are, are really good and really sexy. Dennis Don from CBS Sports with me. Uh, before I let you go, do you, do you have a lean in each of these games right now? I've got Alabama, Texas. Uh, winning in Texas, uh, winning the whole thing. Uh, the point I forgot to make is low-key, I think Texas has the most complete team. Um, again, I'm not sure if they need to, uh, Michigan, if they fall behind, 
can throw J.J. McCarthy leading a comeback. They did last year against TCU, but he also threw two pick sixes in what remains his uh, his career game, 343 yards. Um, uh, Alabama, I think, is you know just peaking right now, and I think they're more diverse both offensively. You've seen what Jalen Milrose done, and defensively, it's not a classic Alabama defense, but it's getting better, and it's really really good, and it's got pros, and it's really going to confuse. Um, you know, a great battle is going to be the nation's best offensive line, which is Michigan. They won the Joe Moore Award against this defensive front. And then a back four or five or dime that's basically coached by Nick Saban because that's his position. I think it's going to be fascinating. Dennis, great stuff. Always appreciate your insight. Thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the games and uh, safe travels getting back here. All right, John, you got it. Thanks. Appreciate Dennis Dodd uh, taking some time, and I, I appreciate Dennis Dodd bringing some Big 12 love. You know, it's not always easy out here being a Big 12 fan these days. Rob and I know that both very well. And Dennis Dodd, we giving, giving the Big 12 a little bit of hype there. Not only the locals who are going to be in that playoff conversation, but just the league in general and how wild it is going to be. And it is. I mean, I think legitimately seven teams have a chance to win the league next year, and that's, you know, that's not even including, like, TCU, who just played for the national championship a season ago. So, it will be good. Uh, honestly, to me, that's the stuff that's more enticing about college football than the playoff, which we obviously just had a lot of discussion about there too. But the the most intriguing thing to me these days about college football and the discussion surrounding that is realignment. And I know some people hate it. It's turned into basically a beat for me, along with the K-State stuff that I'm doing. And when I saw it, Brett McMurphy was the first one I saw to mention Florida State the other day in the big 12 as that being a possibility, because look, they're, they're suing the ACC. They clearly want out of the ACC and they're trying to do this in a money grab, a cash grab, but they're doing that obviously to get to the big 10 or the sec. It kind of floored me as much as I try to ride for the big 12. I respect the big 12. I think it does have a lot going for it. Even if it is not going to financially bear the fruits that the big 10 or the sec do, but it it kind of stunned me to see, Brett McMurphy laid out there, who's a guy that's been very good on realignment and just very good on reporting college football in general, dropping that out as a possibility. I just have a hard time seeing Florida State is throwing a a completely petulant tantrum right now to get out of this league. They signed on the dotted line eight years ago, this extension of the grant of rights that has them trapped now in the ACC. And they say it's going to cost, if nothing changes, $572 million to get out. They're talking about private equity. I mean, Florida State, who knows? I mean, this could be you could be talking about the Saudis coming in to help Florida State out of this league. Are they going to do all that just to land in the Big 12? I mean, I I was a little bit I was a little bit stunned by that comment. Let's let's run that back before I let Rob speak on this here a moment. Let, let's run this back. Dennis Dodd volunteers that the Big 12 could actually be a player for Florida State, backing up what Brett McMurphy had reported uh, last week. At the time, I wrote, well, this is just a matter of time. The ACC is going to crumble, and Florida State will find itself at least a free agent. You know, they are not worth the pro rata that is being paid in the Big Ten or the SEC. That doesn't mean they wouldn't go there. Uh, I, I, I think it would be a bidding war, frankly, if, if the SEC showed interest and the big and the big 10 man we can get a we can get a foothold in florida with this um and and they would go for less than the teams are making those conferences now look at the extremes that the stanford cal 
and SMU went to just to be able to say they're playing major college football still. So I think it will come about. I don't know if it will come about in the next 10 years. Um, hmm. The thing I wrote was like, uh, I'm kind of settling on 2030. Uh, this will end at the point that the ACC and the FSU are tired of spending money uh, in court, and it's more fiscally responsible to settle. I don't think it's going to be settled anytime soon. I think the ACC is resigned to the fact that they're going to have a really mad member. Uh, it's upset in their league. So what? You know, now we'll decide things in court. But, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think the I think the Big Twelve's a player. Look, the SEC has no real reason to want Florida State at this point, other than to block the Big Ten from picking up Florida State. I think that's the only motivation. And the Big Ten clearly doesn't care about anything. They can say whatever they want. They don't care. They've got a conference spanning from Rutgers in New Jersey to the Pacific Northwest. They're about money grabs. So they would probably go do it. But Florida State is someone that could upset the apple cart in the SEC. They've got a really good ecosystem going right now. So I understand why you would say, hey, it may not work out in the SEC or the Big Ten. And I guess the play here for Dodd really has to be, if it's going to be 10 years down the road, he's one of the few saying he thinks it'll be 10 years down the road. They won't be able to get out of it soon. If that's really the case, maybe the Big 12 does become a player then, and maybe that's the only way I'm I'm open to, like, I guess I see what he's saying. Financially, I don't see how it would work out here. But 10 years down the road, maybe the Big 12 has siphoned off basketball separately, like Brett Yormark wants to do, and they're making a little bit more money. Long-term play, I think, Rob, is the only way that I can see this actually working out to be a realistic possibility. I trust Dennis Dodd and his reporting. He's, he's very good at this job. But can we have an honest conversation? Do we think conferences exist in co- college football in 10 years? Because that's the conversation yeah. we have to have. I mean, it has been very openly discussed by the power brokers in college sports. I mean, I have my complaints to the Pat McAfee show, but when Greg Sankey goes on there and talks about having the power five remove itself and have its own thing, when Chip Kelly talks about, hey, football should be separate from all the other sports, there is people in the know are talking about that more and more openly. So, yes, as a Big 12 fan, sign me up for Florida State because two years ago the Big 12 looked like, uh uh-oh, it's withering on the vine, no Texas, no Oklahoma, and suddenly it's strong and adding Florida State makes it stronger. But if Dennis Dodd is saying, hey, this is a 10-year-away problem, we'll see where the state of college athletics is, are we sure there are going to be conferences in college football in 10 years, or is it going to be the Power Five? Is there going to be a promotion relegation system? I 10 years ago in college athletics, we had just had the tectonic shift, Missouri, A&M, Nebraska, everyone had left. We didn't know any, what was going to happen next. And here we are 10 years later, and – We've had more shifts, more pivots, more movement, more TV contracts. A conference has folded in that timeline. So on the surface of what he's saying, cool, but are either of us certain that conferences exist in 2033? Oh, no, not at all. And frankly, I would actually say the better scenario for the Big 12 is that there is not a Big 12 in 10 years for this to happen. The better scenario for basically everyone in the league is that we have – elevated football above everything else it operates in its own sort of sphere kind of like the the charlie baker the president of the ncaa put out his sort of working theory about how that could go everybody opts in if you want to be like a big boy you basically opt into this thing and you have to pay a certain amount of money and revenue share with the players but the best case scenario is what some people think will happen is that everybody does that and then you say all right look we're all in this thing why don't we all just divide it up split the revenue and then make everybody's travel make more sense and do things geographically like, Oh, you know, we used to do with these conferences that were matched up geographically. Like that's the better scenario for everybody in the big 12 
right this second than the Big 12 surviving and being that, you know, 1B sort of conference 10 years from now outside of the Big 10 and the SEC and then taking in Florida State, which would objectively, you assume, make it stronger unless Florida State completely falls off a cliff in the next 10 years, which I don't see. That'd be nice, but yes, the better thing is just a total reset of college athletics. That certainly is a K-State fan. That is what I am pulling for. I think that's what's best for everybody involved there. If you are a Mizzou fan and you're in the SEC, I imagine that you're probably feeling a little bit different about that. But uh, for those of us in, in Big 12 country, I think that is the move. And honestly, even even for those in, the, the lower-tier teams in a Power 2 conference, the Big 10 of the SEC, that's probably still better for them as well, depending on how the postseason and all of that stuff will shake out. We're going to talk lots more about college football, including the three locals who I think will all be in the playoff conversation heading into next year, and we certainly learned – a lot about that this week. Mizzou will have a chance to prove some of that tonight as well uh, against Ohio State. But, look, we are right on the precipice of New Year's Eve. It is a big holiday weekend. And we've got, I mean, it's not Christmas, so I don't know if I can call him the Grinch. But whatever the Grinch version of New Year's Eve is, we've got one of those in studio. And we'll discuss it next. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by De Pasquale Moore. Remember, Mike's got this. Don't forget to catch Odyssey NFL insider Peter King every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Six Ten Sports Radio. I am John Kurtz, host of the Three Mob Podcast on KCSN. You can also find my work on uh, YouTube if you are a fan of conference realignment. We just discussed there with Dennis Dodd, and we'll hop back into uh, the three locals: K State, KU, Mizzou. I think should all be in that playoff discussion next year with a twelve-team playoff. K State and Kansas gunning for the Big Twelve Championship. Mizzou much more likely an at-large spot there, and that would seem to make everybody in a celebratory mood around here, right? Chiefs vibes are bad. College football vibes around here are good. Mizzou's playing Ohio State tonight. But leave it to Rob to go bah humbug on everything because we've got a big holiday weekend, New Year's Eve. I, for one, seem to like the new year. It's a fun time. Everybody gets out, usually has has a couple pops. Forget the last year if it was bad. Celebrate the last year if it was good. And no matter what, you can look forward to a blank slate in 2024. I'm not... New Year's resolution guy. I don't really care about that, but it's nice to look forward and be like, hey, look at this blank canvas. Who knows what I can accomplish in the next year? You know, I mean, here I am sitting in Carrington's chair at 249 on a Friday afternoon that I accomplished that in 2023, Rob, who knows what is coming in 2024, but yet you have to come in here today and ruin my New Year's vibes by telling me that you think this is some sort of like Hallmark manufactured holiday that Nobody should be celebrating. I'm I'm a little perturbed by your by your New Year's take. Today. First off, I didn't say it's a Hallmark manufactured holiday. 
I wanted this on the record because my fiance and me are going to go out. We're going to have a very nice dinner on New Year's Eve. I'm excited to take part in being out on New Year's Eve. I know you said you're a New Year's Eve person. You're a lady. You guys are going to a very fancy restaurant. going to dress up, do the whole deal. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for us. It's going to be fun. But my working theory on New Year's Eve is that it is a date on the calendar that, generally speaking, women circle as, boom, fancy date night. Or if they're single, boom, dress up and go out night. So it has turned into a holiday that is geared toward or designed toward women treating it like a fancy night out, which is great. Live your life. But I would say, generally speaking, if men had their druthers on this holiday, they would be at home watching football. They would be at home because some years New Year's Eve features the college football playoff. This year it features NFL football. I'm sure if I polled every dude on the text line right now, what would you rather do? Have a nice fancy dinner at 801 Chop House with your lady in a suit? Or would you rather watch Dolphins and Ravens on Sunday night? I promise Dolphins Ravens is more popular. So I'm going to be out. I'm going to look nice. I'm going to be all fancied up. You're going to be out. You're excited for that? Cool. My working theory is... People that do that are generally dragged out by their SO. Okay, well, text line 913-586-7610. Uh, I, would, I would love to know what the text line does think because here's, Rob, would I, would I enjoy a night of just watching football, particularly if it were the playoff? Absolutely, yes, I would. Left to my own devices, that is probably what I would be doing. But I also absolutely enjoy getting dressed up, suited up, you know, you put on a nice blazer. When else are you going to wear the blazer? I need excuses to wear it a couple times a year, and I can do it here and go out and have a great meal. If I were left to my own devices at all times, Rob, like I, I would never do those things. And you always feel better after you do it. You feel good when you're out, having a good time. I can't just be the guy that's going to be laying around doing nothing the entire year. Like I need some opportunities to do this. This is a great opportunity to do this. And especially, I, I assume that you enjoy your lady friend quite a bit. Maybe I should, you know, evolve that to fiance for you. But those of you out there, your lady friend, your significant other, whoever it might be, I assume you enjoy their company. So why not enjoy their company while you're both looking your best? I don't understand the problem here. I will also say this about New Year's Eve. I have long referred to it as amateur night. If you've <laughs> ever been out at a bar or a New Year's Eve party, you know as well as I know, people get a little sloppy. They get a little loose that... The liquor starts flowing heavy in their veins, and they're not used to it. They're not ready for that sort of environment. And generally speaking, the people who get hit with the, oh, I had too much to drink, I got a little sloppy bug first, are women. It's just a state of fact. They are <laughs> inherently not built as large as men. I would say if you go out to a bar at, say, 1145 on Sunday night, you're going to see some sloppy drunk ladies. That is amateur night behavior, and I don't know that it's the most fun part of a overrated holiday. Uh, ladies, let me just remind you, that is at Rob L. Brenton on Twitter, at Rob L. Brenton on Twitter. Uh, the text line, I'm sure, will will be a little fired up about that too. I don't if, – if amateur night is the issue – I don't understand the problem because to me, I see that as entertainment. That's like free entertainment. It adds to the night because I know that I'm going to be able to keep it in check. I don't have to worry about me and some little people watching thrown in. Well, I get to enjoy my nice meal and pay, you know, I would also say bucks for a meal. What's what's bad about that? I don't get it. Extra sprinkling of con of complaints on this is let's say you're a responsible adult and you're like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to have too much, but I'm going to build in some protection. I'm going to Uber up. 
you're going to get popped with a surcharge no matter where you are in the city. And I don't care if you're going down the block, get ready to pay 155 to get home safely on New Year's Eve because Sally and Steve, who never go out, <laughs> they're in line for one after 96 gin and tonics when they've had nine all calendar year are screwing it up for everyone else. But it's worth it. Oof, boy. See how fired up I'm getting? punching the microphone with anger. It's worth it to feel young again. Because to me, seeing the amateur night stuff, like that reminds me of being in college, Rob. I was once once a young college lad in Aggieville, okay? I don't get to remember those days very often now that I'm in my mid-30s. To me, it's a night, if I'm seeing some of that, it's like, dude, I I remember when I was out at, at Kites seeing this happen on 25 Cent Tequila Night. You know, it brings back some great memories to me. So I get to get dressed up, have a great meal, be with the significant other, enjoy their company, and watch others make a fool of themselves for my entertainment. That's basically what we do all day on our phones anyway. What do you do on, like, Twitter and TikTok? You're just watching people make a fool of themselves. You're just getting to see it in person. It's like going to a concert as opposed to listening to the CD. I, I don't see the issue here at all. I would also say one last thing on this, and we'll get back to, to sports, I promise. I'm sure the <laughs> stick to sports crowd is heated on the text line. I'm not a preset fixed menu guy at fancy restaurants, but on New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, you know what a fancy restaurant loves to hit you with? Hey, you don't get any choices tonight, pal. Enjoy what we're making because it's <laughs> yeah. a nice evening. So I don't get to pick my meal tonight because it's a special made-up holiday. Come on now. Look, you want to you wanna rip on Valentine's Day? I'm here for that. New Year's, I think, is for, for both of us, all right? I can. And by the way, the, the text line, some people on the text line are canceling you, Rob. So I think you're done, and I just win the argument by default because I'm seeing hashtag cancel Rob uh, on the text line. All right. Wait until they hear my sports takes. Hey, then yeah. gonna- <laughs> oh boy, just wait until we get into the Big 12 next, people. I mean, my goodness. Uh, which, speaking of, uh, as we head into hour two of the show, college football playoff is coming up. Nobody from the Big 12 other than the Texas Longhorns who are departing the Big 12 are going to be a part of this. And you would think that I would hate that. But I'm actually, I'm here for the Texas National Championship. We'll tell you why coming up next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.